You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not. To drive down on the first man to his inside. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here, and a seal here, and try to run this play in the alley. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We got Emilio live in Tennessee ready to talk a little Packers tonight. Talk a little defense, defensive side of the ball as far as uh, some holes that we might need to fill and uh, and get uh, get the defensive side just a little bit stronger this offseason. Um, we're going to lead off with a little bit of news that dropped here just a second ago. Um, I wouldn't really call it news, but the rumor mill is swirling again around Jair Alexander. Before we get too into it, though, uh, Tim, how you doing tonight, Bob? Feeling great, man. Huh? Took it out. <laughs> man, I'll tell you this. No matter what happens to Jair in the future, we will always have that drop, and we will always use that drop. But, <laughs> yo, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm happy to be here. Let's, let's hit it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, look, right off the bat, Eric Sutherland says, Emilio DVRs of you. <laughs> you know it, Eric. You know it. My man. The problem is I got to delete the old ones. That's what gets me. Yeah, every time, <laughs> man, every time. Or when you record over one of your past episodes, we'll be yeah. really excited about, right? Yeah, delete the Packers game, record the next one. <laughs> exactly. Exactly correct. All right, man, let's kind of jump into what we were we kind of uh, hinted at there. By the way, happy birthday, Jerry Kramer. I know Tim brought that to our attention, the GOAT. Um Yes, yeah, sir. appreciate Jerry Kramer, one of the best, man. I'll tell you, if you haven't heard his Hall of Fame speech, go listen to it. It was awesome. Him telling the story about the old uh, the old Baltimore Coats mascot and when they yeah. sucked before Lombardi got there, right? I love it. Uh, I'll kind of paraphrase it, make give the, the short version, but essentially what he said was every time the Colts would score a touchdown, they'd run a lap around the field with their horse, right? And they said that they got beat. This was before Lombardi got there. They said they got beat so bad that day. He said they scored so many points that day, we damn near killed the horse. <laughs> 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 then Lombardi came on the scene. Of course, the rest is history. But let's drop his ticker down real quick. Here is what we were referring to. Jair Alexander put this on Instagram. And before anyone gets their panties in a bunch here, okay, nobody's saying that this means Jair's gone. Nobody's saying we should trade him. Nobody's coming in with the hot take. I simply tweeted this out and said, Packer fans, what do you think this means? And I wanted to get Tim's take on it. I want to get Emilio's take on it. Is there something to this? Is there nothing? But for those of you listening on the pod, he put an Instagram post up of about 10 pictures. And to the best of my knowledge, at least seven or eight of those pictures was just him with the fans, him interacting with the fans. And here's what the Instagram post read. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lambo, for six years. Thank you to those who showed love throughout my journey. That was the end of it. Now, some would say, oh, he's going to he's going to ask for a trade. Some are saying he might retire. Um, it could be nothing. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it going, first of all, 
I am not the one to judge how someone words anything because I'm telling you, I have to edit tweets 17 times. And it's the only reason I pay for Twitter is for the ability to go, you're a moron, change that, Clayton. So, <laughs> uh, with that being said, this could mean nothing. But when you, if you read it for word for word, what it says, he's saying, thank you, God. Thank you, Lambo, for six years. Okay. Okay. So he's thanking you for the six years that are here, right? Thank you to those who showed love throughout my journey. To me, it does. I can see how someone would read that and go, dang, is he retired? You know what I mean? But then again, thinking Lambo makes you think maybe he's wanting to move on. I don't know. Um, Probably nothing. But let's go around the horn. Tim, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts? You love love, uh, topics like this, don't you? (laughs) I love Jair, man. I've always always been a a Jair guy. So um, I'll tell you what I want it to mean. Yeah, I want it to mean what it is at face value, right? Giving thanks to God. Uh, for the ability to, you know, play this game that we all love for, you know, a lot of money at a high level. And uh, thank you, Lambo. you know, six years. That's good. And uh, thanking the fans. How, you know, how about that? So, you know, it's nice uh, from a fan perspective uh, when you see things like this. And I think that's what I want it to mean. Right. Just him expressing some gratitude and thanks, um, you know, maybe uh, with the injuries, you know, yeah, the future is a little unknown for for Ja, so he wants to show appreciation while he can. Um, as far as retirement, I don't, I don't know unless the uh, severity of these injuries are more serious than we've been led to believe. Um, that's the only way I could see him. You know, guys that young stepping down, it's usually due to injury. Um, and as far as requesting a trade, I don't see it, and I don't see how you can. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be tough. Quarterback room, so, and so I just don't. You know, we traded Rasul. I don't think, you know, after everything we've been through, um, you know, he talks about the six-year journey. I think it's, uh, you know, I feel the same way I feel about Joe Barry. It's like I want to see more Jair uh, in Green Bay uh, to play his way out of this. um, You know, I'm not going to call it a slump, but, you know, he had an off year. Injury plagued year and uh, love to see Ja back here. He's under contract. So uh, until something's official, I mean – I'm going to take this at face value. Just a guy uh, expressing gratitude, being being grateful for where he is and what he's doing right now. <clears throat> Definitely. Michael Redden in the chat says, I think he's just showing gratitude is all. Um, let's see here. Uh, SDM40 says it shows that I'm so over cryptic tweet. <laughs> I, I relate to that. I do. Um, let's see. Uh, Red Mo in the chat says just some offseason sentimental stuff, it seems to me. All right. Nothing there, he says. Um, let's see what else we got here. I think it was uh, Doug was the quote journey over asking, you know. Um, yeah, and then Jen Wright says maybe journey through adversity this year could be what he's referring to. There's a lot of adversity this year, there's no doubt about that. I'm happy you use punctuation, man. I don't even use that in my text, so like, <laughs> no, absolutely. He keeps man. me that that at least helps square me up, man. But uh, I, I really just think he's saying thank you, like, I, I think it kind of you know, hit him, hit him full circle this year when he went through that rough patch. Why are you going to, why are you, why is he going to go bury himself again? Like there's, there's no point to that. Um, I, I really think he's genuinely happy and, you know, thankful for what we have and, and, you know, the, the crew that, you know, came to welcome him at the airport. So it's not like, you know, where's he going to get that other places? Yeah. The kid 88 says maybe all of this is just him thanking everyone and giving himself motivation for the off season because of how low, how special Lambeau and playing for the Packers is. I like the way you think, brother. Always Amen. looking at the positive side there. So, uh, um, Micah Staff says he's untradeable with his contract. Uh, I'm sorry, Mitch. Mitch Staff said that. Um, Mitch, I understand what you're saying. It doesn't make sense to trade him contractually. 
but nothing is untradeable in this league, as we have learned over and over and over again. You got people that sign a contract, and then the let me let me ask you this: You really think he's untradeable when we signed Aaron Rodgers to a three-year, hundred fifty million dollar deal, and then traded him the next year and absorbed a forty-one million dollar cap penalty? So he, you know, he's not untradeable, but it definitely wouldn't make sense. But I said it didn't make sense to to give Rodgers the deal and then turn right around and trade him. But uh, Jacob, have you seen this yet? I've seen it. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I left work real quick. Just got here. I sent you actually um, a reason that I don't know if you guys have touched on it. I haven't gotten to listen to a lot of what you said, but I have two theories. No, one of them. Oh, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Two, okay. two theories. <laughs> You like seen it get you seen it get double clicked, didn't you? Me and Tim both did it. I like that that time. All right, Jacob, go ahead, man. All right. Um, so the first one, which I think is the most rational, is that yeah, he's just he's just making a statement that maybe people are reading out of context. If you actually you look sure at about group, that? I'm trying to be. I mean, I, I hope I am. But so if you look at our group message, I sent you guys screenshots of uh, maybe four or five players that commented mm-hmm. just after it. And most of them wasn't, it wasn't anything like, so the one that was a little surprising or not, I shouldn't say surprising, but it was interesting was that Warren Burks did like the apostrophe slash exclamation point question mark or whatever it was. You know what I mean? So that one, would make sense because he's not in the organization. He doesn't understand what's happening. But the, every single other Packer player, it's all like thumbs up, like goat, like you know, strength emoji, blah blah. blah. There's nothing really like yeah. actually that seems like that they're worried kind of thing. My right. second theory, which I I really do think is again rational, is that the guy has just actually seen that in the NFL in the last I'm talking four or five six weeks, but specifically this last year, players have been less afraid to talk about their faith. And they've actually gotten praise for it, I'd say, for once. Um, with C.J. Stroud, with um, the way that Harbaugh carried himself in some of the interviews that he's done. And you know what? I think that's a great thing. And uh, too. I'm not I'm not going to shy away from that. I think that's cool. And I hope that's what it is. And if it's not, and if it is something that has to do with drama or trying to get traded or create any sort of controversy, then I really – I don't want to go down that. But I, I don't think that's it. Trust me, that ain't it, Eric. <laughs> Since <laughs> – since you don't want any drama, Eric Sutherland says, Jacob been watching too much CNN. Uh, there you go. There you go. Someone will get offended by that. And I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. We don't care. As a matter of fact, I got someone famous that'll tell you about it. I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. We don't care. All right. So. There's that. I know you were talking about people being a little more open about talking about their faith. I love that stuff, Jacob. I don't care what your faith is either, by the way. The fact that someone feels the freedom to talk about the most important aspect of their life, I praise them for it. I don't care. I don't care if you pray to a milk jug. It doesn't matter to me. But that's the beautiful thing about our country is people are free to talk about those things. Right. And, And give thanks in that regard. So I know Tucker Craft, they had a quote that came out from him. Um, here in the last couple of days, and maybe it's older. I don't know. I just seen it for the first time. But he said, quote, if a youngster flips on the TV and watches me and decides that maybe someday they want to be just like me, I hope that their dream also brings them closer to our Lord and Savior. So I thought that was really cool that uh, 
you can see it. And, you know, Tucker talked about it earlier in the year that, uh, you know, Josiah DeGuara being a leader in the locker room, leading Bible study, all that stuff. Um, it's pretty cool that that's embedded within within the organization. I think it is anyway. So uh, with that being said, anybody else got anything else they want to add to the fire here with the Jair Alexander? You, you got a rumor you want to start, Emilio, anything like that? No, no I'll, <laughs> I'll hold off on all rumors till further uh, notice. We you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> wait. Can I ask? Does that cut? Does that drop for Emilio at the end? Does it actually let him say Emilio, the Mighty Duck Man? Because that's my favorite part. <laughs> Jake, you guys. I could have sworn it was before it, but I might have to watch it again. The conspiracy, Jacob. We we edited your favorite part out. I can't. The Mandela effect that actually that's didn't gaslight me. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, Jacob, the secret to producing a good podcast is leaving them wanting just a little bit more. So mm -hmm. when people hear that drop, they go, damn, I want to say Same thing with the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Right. What did we say earlier before Jacob even got on here? We said I said, Did Jacob say he was gonna be on the show? And they went, Yeah, I think he said he's gonna be a little late because he had to work or something. I'm like, Yeah, we know where he's Yeah, right, we're gonna give him some. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's dive into the defensive side of the ball, boys. And we got our work cut out for us here. Now let's let's assume Jair is going to be a Packer next year. That'll make things a little bit easier on us. Okay. Let's just kind of approach it from that angle. Let's start with the defensive line room. Kenny Clark, 70.4. Carl Brooks, 69.8. Carl Brooks going to be a stud, boys. I'm just telling you right now. Watching him rush the quarterback, it is unbelievable. Uh so to me, those are your two best defensive linemen. You guys know I've been pretty vocal about Devontae Wyatt this year. He's a great pass rusher, but the guy just struggles against the run. You've seen it against the Niners, just falling off of running backs and, and not being able to secure the tackle. Not trying to dog on him, but he is what he is. He's a pass rush machine. But he's just he's he's very, very he's a liability in the run in the run game for sure. TJ Slayton, you got 62.3. You're really your only traditional nose tackle on the team. You got Devontae White, 59.6, and Kobe Wooden, 57.6. So I've got those two players highlighted in the red. If those of you who are just tuning in to how we're kind of building the roster out and looking ahead, and Tim, if you'll keep an eye on the chat for me, that'd be great too. But just in case we get something good, just mark them. Um, definitely want to lean on that a little bit too. Um, anyone who grades out below 60, according to PFF, we try to cross-check a little bit with SIS and make sure, okay, no PFF's off their rocker here. We want to know that if that's the case. But – Anyone who's below 60, we're going to mark them red as if, look, we've got to improve that position. There's no two ways about it, right? It doesn't mean that you're going to cut Devontae White and Colby Wooden. Nobody's saying that at all. It just simply means you've got to do something to bolster that defensive room. You've got two solid starters. I just wish they would move forward with Carl Brooks getting the majority of the reps there, and we know there's going to be a heavy rotation regardless. So when you come out of the defensive line room, got two in red, probably going to look to pick up at least one defensive lineman, maybe two try to bolster that run defense a bit. But uh, does anybody disagree with that? Anybody get any comments on that right out of the gate? Hey. We'll speak over each other either. All right. We'll <laughs> I mean, I, one thing I will say is, or say is that I've, I've kind of checked myself on being really excited about TJ Slayton. Um, I, I really was a big fan of his, his just that big body. And every now and then you do see flashes. Uh, you saw flashes in the San Fran game. You've seen it through the, uh, the last couple of weeks where, like every now and then he'll splash through, he'll smack somebody down, and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that could be the, you know, I just, I'm so jealous of watching. Remember when the Vikings had the Williams wall when they had those two? Oh, yeah. Was it Kevin, Kevin and Pat Williams, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly? Like, yeah. 
Like that was, I just, I want one of those. Remember Gilbert Brown? Remember I, BJ Raji was the closest thing maybe that we've had in modern history to just like a real, I mean, Kenny, I thought was going to be that, but he's just shown to be very, you know, I'm not talking smack on the guy, but he's just, he, he's not definitely a shutdown. It's true nose, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. And that's why I think they've been kind of eyeballing the, the big man out of Texas. Uh, you know, they can always dabble in it in the draft. We can always look look to it that way. But honestly, I, I'm, I was happy with how they p- performed this year, where, where they started, where, where they're at. But I'm excited about, like you said, Carl Brooks and Wooden. They're actually going to be able to focus on, like, you know, lifting in the offseason, you know, their, their prep, all that stuff for the actual football instead of having to go through the draft, combine, you know, get signed, go through the playbook, all that. Like, they're actually going to be able to focus on – you know, better in them, their, their game and themselves. So I, you know, I'm excited where we're at, but we can definitely, you know, dip our toes into making a wall. I'm 100% down with that, Jacob. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we get the PFF grades up there for you guys for quick reference, if you need it. Um, let's move on to the edge room again, two defensive linemen is the number we marked there. Um, edge room, Rashawn Gary, 79.0. Preston Smith, 70.5. Okay. Uh, J.J. Inigbare, 62.5, but keep in mind he tore his ACL right there at the end of the year. Probably probably not going to start the season. You know what I mean? Probably going to start the season on the uh, – what do we call it? The – what's it called? The Pop, list. Pop list. Reserve. Pop list. You got it, yeah. Physically unable to perform list, all right? Um, so you're going to be down an edge guy there. Possibly Justin Holland, 62.5, Lucas Van Ness, 62.3, Keyshawn Banks, 59.8. I know we just signed him from the practice squad and Brenton Cox Jr., 58.2. So when you look at it from that standpoint, the edge room to me, if Enigbare was healthy, I would say you're I feel good about the edge room. That's just me personally. But with Enigbare being down, Lucas Van Ness can't can't shoulder all of that heavy rotation that we do when it comes to the edge room. So you're probably going to be looking to grab one, although there's not it, there's nothing on this sheet here that suggests we have to go out and get an edge. So I do not have them on the list. All right, Does that makes sense. So again, your two starters, solid. I got both of them in the green, seventy point five and a seventy nine point zero. Defensive line, your two starters, seventy point four and Kenny Clark. I wish he was better. We're playing and paying him a boatload of money. Uh, but it is what it is. Carl Brooks, 69.8. You can go ahead and round that up to a 70 and call it a green, right? He's sophomore year. You, you're probably going to see him take another jump there because he was just absolutely awesome this year as a rookie. Might, might have been one of, if not our best uh, uh, draft picks on defense, you know. Um, they definitely out, outplayed and outperformed Lucas Van Ness, in my opinion, just on a, a down-by-down basis. And I think Lucas Van Ness will be good, too. But uh, So nothing in the edge room you really got to go after. Uh, let's move on to linebacker. Devon Campbell, what's that? I was just going to ask real quick. Is that uh, you wouldn't quite call that a need, like you just said? But is this a position where if somebody falls, that's one you jump on right away? Do not be, yeah. Do not be surprised if Goody takes an edge defender in the first round because it is a tier one position, right? And people were saying, Clayton, you got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith as your starter. You used a first round pick on it last year. It's just like quarterback guys. If a quarterback drops to the Packers this year, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it a thousand times. If a quarterback (laughs) drops to them in the first round and they have as good a grade on him as they did Jordan or higher, they're probably going to take it. Like, I'm just being real about it. They're not going to look up. That's that's how important quarterback is. Um, 
and you know, people don't want to hear that, and I, is is no more than I want to say it. I wish it weren't true because it'd be real easy to go, okay, we don't need that. But I'm telling you, man, it's uh, I know it's a little bit different situation because Favre was long in the to- tooth, and Aaron was long in the tooth, right? But just remember back, Aaron Rodgers when he took over as a starter, we drew, we used a second round pick on Brian Brom, and 25th is not very far from 33rd. You know what I mean as far as draft pick positions. So. Um, Michael in the chat says, notice they didn't re-sign Chris Slayton to the practice squad. Maybe they draft a nose tackle. That would make a lot of sense, Michael. That would make a lot of sense. I, I'm of the opinion I would rather them play Kenny at nose in the 34 base, put him right in the center of the defense, but I know I'm in the minority with that. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Um, and then when you go to nickel, just kick him over. He's, he's going to stay on the field. Basically play him all three downs is what I would like to see with Kenny. Um, and they do that for the most part, but they play him at defensive end and put TJ in the middle, which TJ TJ didn't have a horrible year, right? I mean, like I said. Kind of an up and down year, right? Yeah. yeah for him. Show flashes, yeah. Um, but again, the, you're looking for that slam dunk, man. You're looking for that generational talent at nose and, and someone that can play nose in the 34 jam, or if you go to a 43 can play, you know, that, that shade that we talked about there at the one tech or what have you, mm-hmm. um, and then kick over, uh, whenever you're in those nickel situations. But, uh, yeah, so I could see that taking a traditional nose tackle, or you take a stud that can play that three to five tech if you need them to and move Kenny to nose and let him hold the point of attack, right? It's kind of how I see that. People hear that nose tackle, and they go, no, I don't want Kenny playing nose. That's a waste. It's not a waste. It's He's only going to be playing nose in the 34 jam. 
and you want to know why the run defense is so bad, I mean, you could look at it. T.J. Slayton, 62.3 in the nose. I don't think he played horrible, but imagine if he was grading out 78, 79. Guarantee you our run defense would be a lot better because his grade would be up on tackling, his grade would be up on run defense. So just something to keep in mind there. At the linebacker position, Devondre Campbell, he's been the big talk of the town, right? We talked about how he had the the worst passer rating when targeted of all the inside linebackers in the entire National Football League, according to SIS, with the you know certain qualifications that meet kind of the criteria of, of where he fell in a, a number of snaps. Um, you're looking to improve it, but some people were saying trade Devondre, he won't be back. I just heard Wayne Larravee on the Matt Schneidman show. Matt Schneidman rattled off like six or seven names and said, you tell me if you think they'll be back or not. One of those names was Devondre Campbell, and Wayne Larravee said no. So if Wayne Larrabee thinks it's possible, Tim, probably possible, ain't it, man? Uh, yeah, I mean. That's the voice that, of God right there. <laughs> you know, part of the, part of the organization. So uh, whatever, whatever you, whatever level you're a part of the organization, you're a part of the organization. So there's uh, a little more credence to things that he says. So if he's, if he's, if that's his opinion, he's seeing that from the inside uh, looking out as opposed to outside looking in like we are. Um you know, it wouldn't shock me, I guess, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Dre's time here has run its course or not. Um, I don't, I don't know ultimately if it's necessarily up to him, but we, you know, veteran players do request trades. And usually if you request one, you get one. Um, believe he's got three years left on his deal. Is that right? Is three years. I think sounds right. two years, three years, something like that. Two years and avoid year. I don't know. Um, so contractually, he's here. Um, I just don't know. I don't. I don't see the Packers cutting them though, right? An outright release. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see that either. I don't see the benefit in it. Um, yeah. I would rather have him as a backup. Now, listen, you you can kind of accelerate the process of clearing up the cap if you do that. Um, but again, I think you're going to eat two million this year. No, you're only going to free up two million this year. Is what it is. I'm trying to get his uh, contract pulled up real quick just so I can confirm that for you, Tim. Yeah, I mean, we, we we obviously did give Quay the dot, so it's not like the communication, you know, coming from Campbell. So there's an option there, but it's, you know, what what are we actually going to do? That's a good point because, you know, I believe the future of that, that middle linebacking core really is it's Quay and Zay right now. Those are the, you know, the near future um, guys that you really are your core. Um, that are going to play. I mean, Zay McDuffie played a lot of snaps this year. Do we – I mean – yeah, right. So, yeah, so Dre, his contract, this is 2024. He's under contract for 2025 and 2026. So, including this coming year, Tim, he's got three years left on his deal. Okay. Now, again, dead cap, $11.6 million. His cap hit is 14.2. So, you cut him outright, you're going to free up a little over $2 million. Now, there is, <clears throat> excuse me, $657,000 on a voidable year for 2027. I'm pretty sure that would accelerate as well. I don't think Spotrack has that factored in to the uh, dead cap that's included, but I could be wrong there. Now, next year, it frees up a lot more, right? And to the best of my knowledge, there's no benefit. Um, your potential out is 2025, okay? That's essentially what it comes down to. Um, you can you can get out with your with your dead cap at 7.9. I know Drew hit me up earlier today and was like, but if, yeah, you're only freeing up $2 million this year, but you're freeing up, you know, X amount moving forward. That's true, but you can still free up that money whether you do it this year or not. So 
to the best of my knowledge. Now, I'm no cap genius. I don't try to pretend to be one. We just try to keep things very lame in here and, uh, and just kind of, you know, walk through the process that way. So my vote is to keep him as it sits. And you've got a, a, a fairly high floor in the linebacker room in that regard, right? I don't think anybody would try to convince anyone that Dre Campbell looked like the old Dre Campbell this year. Is it age? Is it the injuries? Um, the fact that you're only going to pick up $2 million this year by cutting him loose, unless you've got a, a you know decent draft compensation, I'm just not interested. Um, I would yeah. much rather you draft a linebacker that could beat him out in camp, and now you've got one of, if not the best, third-string linebackers in the entire league, right, that could step in in a pinch. Imagine so, him coming fresh like that, too. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. Let us wear and tear on it. And a mentor in the linebacker room, right, Jacob? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I, I don't know quite. We know much. Jacob's position on this. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I'm looking right here. I, I really do think that. So, in my heart of hearts, when I'm watching the game, I love you know uh, everything is done for the team. I think the guy's just made of pure you know bullets, nails, and steel. I think he's a hard nosed player. I don't know if it was the injury, if it was the age, or whatever. But when we look at the stats, I mean, even like uh, the tackling grades, it looks like Isaiah McDuffie and Quay by far are beating this guy out in his tackling grades. And again, I've talked about how the guy looked flat footed. He was waiting for contact. He did not go up and make contact i need that to be and i want this 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 whole theme of this team is they're young they're fresh they're flying around he yeah. seems like he's a little more old in the tooth and i don't i don't mean that in any sort of slight and i'm not trying to talk smack on the guy again i agree with him on a number of levels of what he posts and a lot of his positions and all this kind of stuff you can tell he's a real dude um like i i really do think that if i had to be a gm It'd be, it'd be hard separating the emotions of the stuff. But if I'm sitting here and I got no emotion and I got nothing on the table that means that I care about this guy or I like this guy, I'm getting rid of him. I'd probably, you know what, it's probably smarter to keep him for 2025, but I wouldn't have him on, the, I wouldn't be having an automatic starter. I think that Duffy and Quay showed way more athleticism and way more ability to cover. Uh, and so I, I, do you think that, it, that he's going to be a great teammate if he's riding the pine, playing a third string? You know what I mean? A yeah. guy that's not has the green mm-hmm. dot. Like to me, yeah, I, I would draft maybe two or three pops at, at linebacker. They don't have to be middle linebackers specifically, but draft at least two of them. See mm-hmm. if we got a rookie and maybe try to and then again you maybe toss an extra five hundred grand at Eric Wilson and keep the guy. Do that. Here's the other thing too that we haven't even mentioned. What about a restructure? And I'm not talking about voidable years, like a pay cut. Or if they went to him and said, All right, Dre, here's here's your options, man. We're just we're gonna cut you outright. You know, you could try to pick up somewhere else. You've already got your guaranteed money. Or what if we shave $3 million off your cap hit this year and uh, let's adjust the base salary, convert it to signing bonus so we can spread it out a touch, give us a little more room. That could be an option, too. I we think Dre to- would be like, I'm not going to, so quit asking. Why don't we give him a crazy incentive-based contract? One that says you go out there and you get 100 tackles, you get five sacks, you get two picks, we'll pay you freaking 10 million dollars <laughs> i didn't do it hey, here's the thing though back to back to tim saying i'm not going through so quit asking mm-hmm. from a player standpoint it's the same thing with aaron jones you got to ask yourself okay if i do get cut who's going to sign me and for how much now i got to pick my family up move them across the country and get paid a lot less right as opposed to you know, if they know I can make more money somewhere else, that's a totally different ballgame. But I don't think anybody's knocking on a 31-year-old linebacker's door who just had his worst year of his career saying, hey, we'll give you $10 million. 
You know what I mean? So if you go to him with that approach and say, hey, look, here's the options, what would you like to do? That's why you see players take pay cuts sometimes. Um, that's why Aaron Jones did it, right? And, and, again, Aaron Jones looked at it like, I made more money this year than I ever have in my career, and people were calling it a pay cut. Devondre Campbell probably be the same type of thing. He's never made as much money as he's going to make this year. I can't imagine the way that his contract escalates with the guaranteed being a little bit up front. So, um, yeah, let's see him healthy. I'm with you there, Jen. Um, but, again, he's 31. I remember I, – listen, that 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 30-year-old mark's a real thing, man. People like to scoff at it like, oh, it's not a big deal. What's the difference between 30 and 28? There's a big difference. I mean, some of the greats, yeah, they can they can sustain it a little bit longer, right? But, you know, some of the just the very good players, you see them, man, they hit 30, and it's like hitting the wall. Um, that could be it, too. Uh, the only way to really know is getting back into training camp and eval, right? That's it. But I think I he really, is. I'm with Jen on that. I think we all, like like I said, we owe it to ourselves to see to see him come back and maybe maybe healed up and, you know, have a late surge in his career and uh, possibly fill a role. But – you know, I do – Jacob makes some good points too, you know. It's tough. This is uh, – again, I don't want Goody's job. <laughs> so I guess I don't. Yeah, now, so with the linebacker room, Dre Campbell, 65.1. Christian Welch, minimal snaps, but 60.0. Quay Walker, 59.6. Guys, I don't think we've got our linebacker room yet. I don't. That's just me personally. And I know people love Quay and they see the tackle numbers and they lose their mind. I mean, you can see it right here. If you look on PFF here, right, with Quay Walker, let's see where he falls. He's the 24th highest graded player, according to PFF. Okay. 59.6. Tackle grade, 81.8. But run defense grade, 63.5. Uh, pass rush. You know, some people are like, oh, he's a good pass rush. We should rush more. 58.2 pass rush and 56.6 pass coverage. Now, again, we go in, we do our eval at the end of the year. What do we come away with? Our total points in pass coverage, according to 33rd team and SIS data, went from 7.6 points down to 5.7. This is another example right here. This is where it's at and where we kind of fell back this year. So, you know, I hope Quay works out. But right now I feel like you could add a legitimate starting linebacker to go next to Quay and let him, Quay, and Dre Campbell compete You've got it. It's a tier two position, in my opinion. That that middle linebacker position, it's the only thing more important than middle linebacker on defense is edge and that interior defensive line having that one defensive line that can anchor that that defensive line. And we just talked about it. You know, playing nose in the thirty four jam, being able to play a three to five in your nickel sets. Um, you know, when it comes to middle linebacker tier two, it goes middle linebacker free safety for me. Right, that's the tier two positions. We don't have either right now or at least they're not playing up to that level. That's just my personal opinion. So with that being said, Quay Walker and Isaiah McDuffie, Isaiah McDuffie, 57.1, they're both in the red. Eric Wilson isn't under contract right now. You guys know we're all excited about him playing special teams, but his PFF grade was 56.5 playing defense. So let's not try to kid ourselves into thinking he's a solid linebacker too. These are where the holes are, and some people like to think it's just the defensive coordinator, right? I'm of the opinion when you watch the tape that these players – just aren't good enough. They're not in certain certain aspects of the game. I think that's another reason why we played a lot of shell, try to keep everything in front of us because it just wasn't working when you were trying to be aggressive and playing uh and playing more man coverage and everything. I think it's why we went up in passing yards and all that across the board this year. Could so I, could I pose a question? Which yeah. kind of you just sparked by saying that. Um, and I, I I'm just shooting off the cuff because I can't look up every single one of Goody's draft classes. But is it fair to say that Goody is an offensive draft genius? 
versus a very just shooting off the hip kind of defensive guy, even though he spent most of his first and second, third, you know, his, his early picks have traditionally been on defensive guys, if I'm not mistaken, but it seems like he's striking absolute iron, gold, hot fire, <laughs> Dylon, 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 like in the round. You know what I'm saying? Because I speak hot fire. Yeah. That's exactly correct. Um, <laughs> the way I look at that, Jacob, Look at the who's who's Goody's best offensive players he's drafted. Let's rattle them off real quick. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Jordan Love comes to mind for me, right? I mean, yeah, Love. But he sat for three years, so right. right. So who's who's the next one? Jaden Reed. When was he drafted? Last year. Sick. Damn it, Emilio. Second uh, round, right? Oh my man. Last year, Clayton, you idiot. He's the rookie. I love it. Uh, what a moron! Was <laughs> 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 so, all right. That's awesome. Anyway, Emilio's yeah, rain man. Name, name another one. Name another one. Name another great offensive player he's drafted. Romeo Christian. Romeo Elton. Fifth. Fourth or fifth? Yeah. Elton. I don't know if he drafted Elton. If he did, that was second. Right. Christian was second. Christian was second. Um, how about Dontavian Wicks? Way later. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Luke Musgrave looking like a solid pick. Third round pick. Or second round. Um, no, second. Yeah. And then Tucker Craft. Was, the, was that a fourth or a fifth? Right. So here's what I'm getting at. This is what I've been screaming all year long with the defense. And like, we've got to start drafting differently in the first round. The reason these guys are boom or bust in the first round is because they're going high athletic score. They're going, I want the freak of nature, right? Rather than your Brian Branches that's like, hey, this dude is a solid football player. It's what I'm saying. So when you look at it from that perspective, that's how they're drafting, right, in the first round, and they're swinging and missing on a lot of these guys. Eric Stokes, another RAS monster, right? Guys, he graded out in the 50s. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just one year. He was grading out in the 50s before he got hurt last year, right? He had a, a solid rookie year, graded out in the 60s, but, man. So, yeah, I, I would like to see him pick up two linebackers this year. That's just me personally. Pick up two linebackers. If Dre does come back, it'll be Dre, Quay, Isaiah, and potentially those two linebackers, right? And Isaiah might just be end up be your special teamer that replaces Eric Wilson if you don't bring him back. We just got to do something different at the middle linebacker position. We got to get better there. Maybe they're already in the room. Maybe Quay will come out next year and be an absolute superstar. But I don't think anybody's putting their money on that right now. I want him to because he's a physical specimen. And the dude's got the attitude, everything about him you like. It's just just hasn't panned out yet, man. And, again, people see the tackles. They're like, oh, he's got more tackles in franchise history than anyone. But tackles tackles can be very, very, very misleading. Man. Really can. So, uh, yeah. I'd like to know what Kelly said. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, I look, I look up and they've been banned, and I go, "Dang, man, I missed it. What happened? Where's the fireworks?" <laughs> Sound like I'm been a 49ers fan? Is that right? Just a 49er troll. Oh We're god! Good. Bang We're bang! Good. What is it they say? Bang bang! Niner gang. Yeah. No, whatever. Jeez. <laughs> when you live in San Francisco, you say gang bang. <laughs> anyway, all right. So linebacker, I've got two. Anybody disagree with that? That we should we should try to add two two fresh linebackers to the uh, to the linebacker room. It's okay if you do. That's I think the question mark on Dre Campbell alone is is the answer, you know. I think, yeah, absolutely you do. And yeah, a great yeah. point about Zay McDuffie, too, on the special teams aspect. You know, he is a spe- he's a pretty good special teams guy himself. 
Uh, it is my right. So if you lose that spark, you know, that you get from a guy like Eric Wilson on special teams, uh, I would look to McDuffie to fill that role for sure. Yeah. Right. What about you, Emilio? No, I think that's a great point. At some point, you know, we're, we're bringing in somebody, you know, our people are going to be coming into this team. There's going to be turnover. It happens. So um, I don't mind it at all. Competition is good for everybody. And I, I think that, um, you know, Quay's good, gets another year or two probably to show himself. And if not, we, Better have somebody lined up to take over, and I think that's where we would uh, look into it now. Mm, definitely, Jacob, you agree or no? <clears throat> I, I I would love to see us draft at least two. I mean, I'm one of those guys like I've talked about. I want to shoot like it, we can talk about. I'm not sure if you guys they've told us what the exact compens uh, was it comp- compensatory picks or whatever they say. Uh, I believe it was more like a fourth, fifth, and seventh, or fifth, sixth, and seventh, whatever it is. Those are added picks. We we seem to do quite well in the late rounds. Why not take a stab on maybe a, a the two positions that you could find maybe some gold late in, in the draft, which is running back and linebackers, I think, in my opinion. Um, and then, again, a lot of it depends on who's going to be a defensive coordinator. What scheme are we running? What kind of linebackers do we need? Uh, who will be lost in free agency? You know, all that stuff is going to factor in. But uh, that being said, you know, I, I still do have a lot of faith in Quay. He has definitely not gotten to the point where I think he deserved to be drafted where he was, but neither has Wyatt, neither has a lot of these guys, but I do see the flashes. Um, yeah, you see but, it, sure. You know, I, I'm excited to see what another draft class, plus these guys, and like Emilio said, these dudes are just doing nothing now but eating freaking chocolate milkshakes and just eating donuts and working out and just, <laughs> like, I hope that they're just absolutely becoming powerhouses, just doing right. nothing. But just yeah, I want to see you put on 25 pounds of muscle. Yes, dude. Yeah. I want LVN just walking around like <laughs> T-bone steak from his earlobes to his shoulder. Move, dude. It's gonna suck. Exactly. All right. So linebacker will put two down. Uh cornerback, Jair Alexander. Let's pretend he's coming back. All right. All this was just, <laughs> let's nothing, pretend. Yeah, nothing, nothing Stop happened. It. Okay. Nothing happened. Let's just pretend for a second. Um 74.3, right? Started off rough. I pointed out the passer rate when targeted. I think he's 91st in the league. Not good. But PFF was very generous to him. 74.3. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. No doubt about it, he's our best corner on the team, right, the way it sits. Um, So, Jair 74.3. Next would be Robert Rochelle, 64.4, although he's a restricted free agent. So, if we wanted him back, we can have him back. Played pretty well on special teams, if I remember correct, Tim. Is that how you remember it, too, with Robert Rochelle? Let me look at him. See if we can find a grade here. I think this is the special teams grade. Where's Robert Rochelle? Yeah, 70.1 on yeah. special teams. Had a couple um, nice hits uh, on special teams this year. And, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of interested. You know, he's listed at a cor- as a corner, right? So we uh, haven't yeah, seen yeah, much yeah, of him, him playing corner. Um, maybe that's uh, a reason to keep him around too, right? The special teams contribution. And then let's throw him in the mix in that, in that cornerback room competition at training camp. Yeah, for sure. So – that's Robert Rochelle, um, Keyshawn Nixon, 60.7. We already talked about him. We want him back strictly for the kick return abilities, right? And, hey, you've got you've got a floor for the slot corner position. Um, I know some people are really excited about Key playing defense. Um, I'm not one of those people necessarily. I thought he played a little bit better down the stretch, but 60.7 PFF grade is run defense out of the slot. You've got to be able to – I challenge everyone to go watch Brian Branch for the Lions. Watch him play that slot. He, he'll dip down in that box and make a tackle for a loss. 
I mean, the second they show their hand, he is so quick, such a good tackler. Um, so run defense for Keyshawn Nixon, 55.2. Tackle grade, 49.1. Pass rush grade, 74.0 from those nickel blitzes. That's bringing his grade up quite a bit, too, by the way. Coverage grade, 61.2. So nothing to ride home about, but definitely the best kick returner in the league. you got to have him back for that very reason, and that does give you a bit of a floor in the cornerback room. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, 59.8. Uh, Carrington Valentine, 57.5. Eric Stokes, 51.5. So from that perspective, what I'm seeing, I mean, you could you could make an argument that you could bring in four new corners. And I'm not saying you should draft them first, second, third, or fourth round, you know, like in that order. But if there's a solid corner sitting there in the first round, don't be surprised if Duty doesn't go get him, right? What about uh, free agency? That's the other thing too. This is just strictly these are how many people we need to add, right? So um, we. I'm can, just saying as an option, other than right. drafting four right. corners, you know. When we when we say we need two D linemen, two linebackers, four corners, we're not saying you have to do it all in the draft. It's just simply right. that's that's probably a good a good number to bring in those bodies. So that's how it sits at the cornerback room. Does anybody disagree with that? You'd be okay with bringing in four corners? Oh yeah, definitely. All right. At least drop a three burger on it for sure. Took it out. Did you say three, Jake? A three burger. Yeah. Okay. If, if one, right. of those, one of those would be one of those guys that maybe could be, I don't want to keep saying for Gene, but a guy that could, if you could float him out to safety, if you could play in the slot, if you could play on the boundary, if you could play whatever. Like one of those guys that literally is a puzzle piece that it's like, okay. And Brian Branch, was it Brian Branch? Is that who I'm thinking? Brian Branch. That's Brian, right? Uh, so. Yeah he is kind of that kind type of player where you can at least move him. Like you said, he can sneak up in the slot. You can play him at safety. And as long as he's just, it, it's, it's, it's a scary thing to be able to move around that way. I felt like we did not have that type of player real quick. I will say he shot Nixon. I don't want to see him more on defense, definitely on special teams. Let's give him another shot at running end arounds every now and then dude. just put him in there. Cause that's another wrinkle in that Matt LaFleur offense. He's on the, on that field. And we do just even an end round fake or just a few ball fakes, whatever you call it. Like that'll make the defense's mind be like, oh no, he's on the field and Watson and Dobbs and Jane Reed and like you know what I mean? Like yeah. that'll make your mind just just explode. Yeah. Paul Robertson says at the kids 88. I'm not promoting RAS though. I'm just saying that that's not how we pick our players, contrary to what Clayton is saying. Paul, go back and look at your first round picks. Jacob, we laugh about it every year, don't we? We see a player we like and we go, he doesn't meet the Sorry. RAS threshold. No. The, the RAS threshold is like eight and a half or something like that, right? Eight plus four. First two and three rounds almost. Yeah. Goody yeah. never never drafts players with less than a less than an 8.4 RAS score. Now, he's not using RAS, but they're using their own athletic score. That's something that, that Math Bomb created, which is an excellent tool to just kind of compare – people's relative athletic score over the last since the 80s so i don't know where you're getting your info from paul but yeah like i said goody is an uh, an athletic score machine he's all about it early in the draft late in the draft changes it up for sure that's how you end up with like a carl brooks who had a great pff grade in college but horrible ras lo and behold who's our best defensive line just I, i think paul's argument which actually doesn't uh doesn't contradict ours he said that the Packers as a whole defense they're like defensive rate or I'm sorry 
as the team that their RIS score overall is not like, you know, a top 10 or whatever it is, but that doesn't mean that we didn't draft RIS. That just means that the people that we eventually signed or, you know, have yeah. evolved into that score. Like that's not what their RIS is now. So yeah. Bingo. Oh, Athens. Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A fam says RAS score is 100. All right. Reef uh, in the chat said O line, linebacker, running back, first three picks. Um, if the board falls that way, I'm totally cool with it, Reef. You need all those, right? You really do. Um, I was looking at running backs. I got really excited about some of uh, uh, the uh, some of the running backs that we got coming out, like Audric Estime. I love out of Notre Dame. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Notre Dame fan, but a solid, solid running back there. Kind of a just a, a little more well rounded back as far as you know size and speed, that type of thing. Um, uh, another one is Brooks out of Texas, if I remember correctly. He's one I'm high on. He tore his ACL earlier this year. You might be able to get him to fall a touch and then midway through the season have him back and have you a solid back for the future too. But you got to do something in that running back room too with Aaron Jones getting a little bit older. And that's another one too. Wayne Larravee said um, Wayne Larravee said uh, that the uh, when he asked they asked him about A.J. Dillon, will he be back or not? And he said no. So – that's another one. <laughs> He's not guaranteeing that. He's just simply saying they put him on the spot. What's your initial thought? And that was his initial thought was AJ Dillon wouldn't be back. So mm -hmm. um, must have forgot to plug up the glow plugs. Got must have got too cold after the storm or something. Couldn't get it fired up and just. Uh, been, hey, I'll take the truck. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do when you're out there farming that corn, man. You know what I'm saying. John Deere Green on a hot summer night. You at least got to let it play to the night. I know it. Hot summer night. You can tell he's overselling it, man. Overselling it. All right. So when it comes to corners, I said four. Jacob said three. All right. Mm -hmm. So we'll go with three and a half to make Jacob happy. Okay? That works. All right. That, that, my friends, is called negotiation. So uh, let's go to safety. Darnell Savage, 75.5, but he's set to hit the open market. Um, they asked Wayne Larravee about that one, and he went, yeah, maybe. That's what he said. So it just shows you they love him. You think if he had that pick and took it to the house, he would definitely be – like If he took that pick to the house and we were playing next They week, would have signed him at, at the game. They would have just ran the contract down to him. I'd have you said, sure let him play slot wide receiver. I saw Tim's that? face. Tim's face went sideways. You sure about so, that? 75.5 for Savage. All right. Rudy Ford, 69.9, but he is hitting free agency. Okay. Uh, Benny Sapp, 60.4. He will be on the roster. Jonathan Owens, 59.6. He's set to hit free agency. Anthony Johnson Jr., 47.9. Um, and then you've got Zane Anderson, 29. I don't mean to laugh, but 29.8 for old Zane, 14 snaps. Just didn't get it done this year. Um, he is set to be a free agent too, although I don't think anyone's going to be banging on his door too often. Now, what was – let's look at the special teams grades with these safeties real quick. I did want to check this out real quick because um, I think it is important to put it in a little more context here. Where does our boy Zane Anderson come in? Because that's kind of why you brought him in, right, was to play special teams. Where's he at? I don't even see him. Do y'all see him? Is no, he, the, he might be on the under the ticker. He in the base. Oh, he's yeah, I had, he's at the bottom. Oh my I he's, had a, he's under the crawl space. I had a part two 
that I deleted because I'm like, we'll never get to that. Zane Anderson is on part two, so he's in. Oh. The, yeah. I don't think Zane's going to be back, boys. Um, at least I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it that way. So, um, all right. So when it comes to the safeties again, the only one you've got returning is Benny Sapp and Anthony Johnson Jr. Uh, Benny Sapp, 60.4 minimal snaps. Anthony Johnson Jr., 47.9. You need to revamp that whole safety room. So for safeties, I've got four listed. Um, I'd be willing to add four. Um, Jacob, if you say three, I completely understand because four is a lot for one turnover in one year, right? But uh, how you guys feel about it, Tim? Safety, you disagree with anything there? You think we need four? And that's the other thing we talked about the other day. We threw some numbers out, didn't we, about uh, what we would bring these guys back at to set the floors, to set the – the floor for the safety room, right? We talked about Rudy Ford being two million. Uh, we talked about Jonathan Owens one and a half million. Darnell Savage we do for four million. I think four million would be a steal for Savage right now. You know, it's what almost four million less than you have been paying him, and uh, I think he'll probably demand a little bit on the market too. So I'm okay with signing those players for minimal guarantee, like we talked about, Tim. And you kind of have them as a as a as a floor. But how do you see the safety room there, man? Hell, get, get five. Man, go go wherever you got to go. Go to the local colleges. See if you can snag one. See who's uh, loading trucks at uh, Home Depot. You know, whatever you got to do. Run down to Quick Trip. Who's who's yeah. in the stock yeah. room at Quick Trip? Get them in there, right? Yeah, I'm all, for, uh, I'm all for a competitive uh, camp when it comes to safeties. I mean, you're right. Benny Sapp and Ann Johnson are like the only – the only sure things. Um, and I don't know how we feel about those two guys uh, moving forward. I can say, you know, with Savage, I'm not opposed to him coming back. But like you said, it's got to be at the the right price and probably after he tests the market, which could go either way. Um, but, yeah, man, we need to get we need to get guys to camp competing for yeah. sure. Number one Packer fan in the chat said, I honestly he said, I honestly this Dylan is back. I think he's saying thank Dylan is back. Uh, I just think he had a down year, but you get him back for low dollars and let the other backs develop behind him and Jones. I would be totally cool about that. Totally cool with that. Uh, that's another one they asked Wayne Larrabee, and he said no. He said, do you think he'll be back? And he said no. And he was pretty quick with the answer. And, I was, and I'm like you, Tim. Like, Wayne's around the building, boys, you know. And I don't think he's trying to tip the Packers' hands in no way, shape, or form. But when you get that quick of an answer, that's why with the Savage one, he hesitated. And I was like, they're going to bring Savage back. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, that, that A.J. Dillon one to me just kind of seems a little bit, I don't know what the word is, tragic. Because I really do feel like that he desperately wants to stay in Green Bay. I mean, you he's if anybody's shown their cards as far as like, hey, I'll take a pay cut. And my wife's family lives here, and I really like it here, and I'm the mayor of Door County. And uh, if, if this was a contract year and this is the performance we got, it's like I don't quite know if the Packers, like we talked about, they're going to take a gamble on him. And I just – I don't know. And also, were you, Clayton, did you actually – I can't remember if it was you or – were you – somebody said uh, or took credence to the fact that, like, Matt LaFleur could possibly try to sign Derrick Henry. Do you guys see that ever happening? Like, I don't – I don't yeah, ever see man. that. Yeah, I, you I know, I don't, I don't see it. I don't want it. Yeah, the way the offense kind of evolved to, you know, one of the things they like to do is they like to flex that T out from time to time. They want to catch people in base or catch people in nickel. And those teams that like to play base against eleven personnel, when you think it's a rundown, flex them out wide. I just don't see Henry being that valuable. Um, and he's listen. He's been beat up, man. I mean, he has been. 
he's been driven into the ground, right? Um, I don't see it, but for the right price, why not? You know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I never say never, but never, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, if you get him for the right price, sure. Would he be an upgrade over AJ Dillon? Absolutely. He would. Right. Let me go look at his market value. Y'all talk about something smart while I do that. That's, that's see, right. I don't think he'd be an upgrade in the passing game though. That's the thing. And, and uh, right. Yeah. That's maybe more of what Matt LaFleur would want out of a big body back, somebody that he can throw in there in short yardage situations, but somebody that, uh, that he can trust in pass protection, but somebody that also can catch the ball. And Dylan, he did have soft hands for a while. I mean, I remember him making some pretty decent plays, but um, I don't know. I just – it's it's really going to be hard because that dude loves Green Bay. He really does. And if, if we have to cut him and not bring him back like that – yeah. So the market, the, the market value for Derrick Henry calculated market value is a contract of two years, 8.3 million. So 4.1 million per now. Oh, it's not much at all. It's not, but if you could get AJ for two and a half and AJ was actually really good in the passing game for us this year, if I remember correctly, I don't want to tell you guys wrong. Let's pull up the offense grades real quick. Um, His receiving is tough. Really is too. AJ Dillon, seventy five point seven is in the passing game at sixty eight point two. So yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know what Derrick Henry's was in the passing game, but he was pretty solid there in the uh, in the passing game this year. And again, he he was actually he had way less drops than Aaron Jones did in the passing game this year. Right. So they kind of relied on him a little bit with it. Yeah, and uh, I don't even know what Derrick Henry's PFF grade is. I guess I could look it up real quick while we're on it. Um, just to kind of see what he was overall. But go ahead. You got to say something. Why would we get rid of the bruiser that knows the playbook and, like, knows the pass pass blocking, you know, all the calls and all that for, you know, an older guy that's probably not going to want to go in there on third down and block if he has to. Right. <laughs> hey, dang, boys. Looky here. 90.2 overall PFF grade. Dang. Um, rushing grade 86.8. Receiving grade 70.8. So he was the blocking grade? Uh, it doesn't matter. Amelia. You're not bringing him here to block. Come on, Amelia. What what what, can, what what does he do good? He can block. He can block. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pass blocking this year. You ready for this? I don't Let's think you're ready for this. I don't think y'all ready for this jelly. Seventy nine point five. Pass blocking grade. Fumble grade. Fumble grade. Ninety one point four. Y'all sold me. For four milli, get me Derrick Henry in here. I don't. You care. sold me. That's Sorry. all it took. I'm sold. Or now too. Does he have to uh, hand over the key then? I've actually met Derrick Henry once too, and the man is enormous. Like oh, when wow. I, I. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that was excellent. Perfect. Look at my which face. You did that. that. Wait, which one of you did that? <laughs> it was you know who it was. Emilio doesn't have the capability. So they didn't give me access, so it's one of the two above me. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> they didn't give me access. All right, this is off the rails here. Oh, I don't know. There's 93 people in here going, what in the hell am I watching right now? <laughs> so, uh, all right, there you go. That's what we got. So quick recap on offense. These are how many bodies we think we should bring in. One tight end, three offensive linemen. Uh, on defense, two D linemen, two linebackers, four corners, four safeties. Again, we're not saying you should draft all those positions. It's just 
going into the offseason, that's kind of what you're looking to feel. Okay, now someone asked in the chat here, I hope I marked it, I think I did, they asked about a specific running back. And uh, I'll give you guys just a quick uh, – I didn't mark it. Imagine that. Sam Gatto. <laughs> Where he ate. <laughs> I love how he said paging Dr. Sam. I like Sam Congato, man. I got excited when he rolled through. I'm like, this dude might have a future. And then it was like a fart in a fan factory. He was gone. Boom. Out of here. Um, Remember Najee Davenport? Oh, man. Oh, Najee was the man, dude. Name I love hearing Mike Wall talk about him. I got him I got him talking about Najee one day off, off, uh, off the air. And he was like, people don't know he's a track star. Like that, that dude, people think, oh, he was slow. He wasn't slow. He said he might have been faster than I'm on. That's what he said. Wow. I was like, dang, I had no idea. I'm an idiot, though. So there we go. <laughs> um, there was someone asking about a rookie, a draft a, a prospect coming in, a running back. It was Brooks. Oh, no, Irvin. Glenn, Greg Rice said, "Do you all? what do you all think about running back from the Ducks, Bucky Irvin. Well, let me give you guys a quick glimpse. It's not finished. It's nowhere near being finished. But let's see what the early draft board says about Bucky Brooks here. Bucky Brooks. Bucky Irving. All right, so let's look for him, see if we can find him on this list here. Bucky Irving running back. Let's slide down. He should be here towards – I thought he was up toward, kind of towards the top. This is sorted by the consensus big board, though, so he may not be at the top. Uh, high enough. Irvin, Irvin, Irvin. Do you guys see him anywhere? I don't see him. So he's not he's not within the top 49 on my list right here, whoever asked that. So um, unless I'm overlooking him, yeah, I don't see him. Yeah. So I don't have him in the top 50 essentially as it sits right now. That's according to the uh, the consensus big board. You can see that third column, that D column, the D is uh, sorted by – that right there, okay? So if you look at the far right, that's the early grade of what my final grade will be. The lower the number, the more value. So you can see the three players that are really standing out right now to me in the early going, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, Joe Alt from Notre Dame, left tackle, and Brock Bowers tied in from Georgia. I think they would all be top-tier talent. Notice I've got Caleb Williams um, in the second tier, you know, basically five points or uh, from five to 9.9. .9 it will be tier two in this specific situation. So I got Caleb Williams, Drake May in the same category. I think they're the only two in tier two as it sits right now. But, again, this will all change as we put more data into the system. So the green, for those of you who don't know, the green on there, the reason it's highlighted green, those are tier one positions, okay? So those are your quarterbacks, your left tackles, uh, your edge rushers, and your interior defensive linemen. Uh, the blue is your tier two, so your safeties, your linebackers, and then on offense, your center. So – by the way, Powers Johnson, I think he's going to be a freaking stud, man. Center out of Oregon, yeah. uh, he's he's hands down, hands down my favorite center in this draft so far. And it's early, but PFF grade last year was four. This year he was first amongst centers, and the consensus big board has him sitting at forty eight right now. If he measures well at the combine, that'll be your top center taken in the draft, I think. So there you go. Um, Mike Witt says, let's tear the whole thing down, Clayton, for D.C. That way we can – yeah, that way we can all be, be miserable at the bottom of the league. That sounds like a plan because uh, that's exactly what would happen with that. Um, Eric Sutherland, 10 picks on D4 on O-line. What, what, somebody stop me. That you want us to draft 10 on defense and four four on the O-line with our with our 14 <laughs> picks. Got it. Hey, sign me Not up. Not a bad strategy. Yeah. Not a bad strategy. Eric, Eric Sutherland for GM. Yeah. Now, I did do a, a way too early mock draft yesterday just playing around. This was kind of cool. This is what I came away with. 
with the 25th pick, Quinion Mitchell, cornerback out of Toledo. Uh, 41, uh, 41st pick, Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin, hands down my favorite safety early on here in the draft. He's out of Minnesota. Number 58, we took linebacker Peyton Wilson. Number 88, Jonathan Brooks, running back out of Texas again. Torn like ACL, but like a draft that. pick for the future. Um, 91st, DJ James, another corner. He's out of Auburn. Number 126, the Golden Domer, Audric Estime, baby. Um, I see Audric Estime, and I go, yeah, I'm okay with A.J. Walker. I can put Audric Estime in there. Uh, number 166, interior offensive lineman out of Michigan, Drake Nugent. That's Ted Nugent's nephew. Just kidding. I just made that. <laughs> number 213, Javon or Javon Baker, wide receiver out of UCF. I know I posted this mock draft in our draft chat, and Jake Shavink lost his mind over the Javon Baker when he really liked that. So I think he's 6'1", a little over 200 pounds, good size for a just a solid receiver. Number 215, Marcus Harris, defensive lineman out of Auburn. So we've got a couple of Auburn guys in there. Number 216, Josh Proctor, a safety out of Ohio State. And then number 217, Trevor Keegan, interior offensive lineman from Michigan. So you see we got two interior offensive linemen from that Michigan national championship team. And then number 242, we got Jalen Harrell Edge out of Michigan. I've got a lot of Michigan guys, but I didn't even look at the college. I'm just being honest with you guys. Um, And number 250, I took Walter Rouse, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. You can see there's some trades there. I traded down. I believe it was in the second or third round. I traded back and picked up some picks. So was able to good. Bit. I don't see any quarterbacks. It looks good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, JJ McCarthy was sitting there, boys, and I was going. Hey, that that's one that I honestly think in my mind for some reason that it's gonna fall and we're gonna we're gonna trap them, and then everybody's mind is gonna just oh Lord. <laughs> yeah. I wanted I wanted to draft him, but I was afraid now I, I also wanted to share this. I knew I'd get roasted. You know, it's like drafting a quarterback in this year's draft after Jordan Love showed so much promise is like Riding a moped, you know, they're fun, but don't let your friends see you doing it, right? That type of thing. So um, I was worried I would get roasted, so I backed off of J.J. McCarthy. But I ain't going to lie, man. I was side-eyeing him a little bit. What you doing, J.J.? Um, So there you go. There's the early mock draft. Let's go around the horn. Anybody else got anything here? Tim, what's on your mind, big dog? I'm going to defer to the guys. I got nothing. I'm just uh, taking in all this info. You guys know it's no secret I'm not a not a big college football guy, so um, this is a learning time for me. So a lot of notes, probably a little less input. Um, I don't know what do you guys got, Jacob. What does the uh, what does the bearded warrior think of uh, this situation? Uh, to me, I'm trying to put myself in the, what the Packers organization and not just looking at a mock draft and what it should be. We have to think about um, what I want to look for in a in any sort of player that I'm going to be scouting is their PFF grades, but whether or not they've progressed over time or if you had like a really bad year, decent year, and then an unbelievable year or really bad year, unbelievable year, really bad year. You know what I mean? Like I want to see a consistent guy that's building, building, building. Um, and then on those weird ones where it looks like all of a sudden they have a skew, like a Jaden uh, Reed, I want to look back and I want to do investigations to be like, why did that happen? Oh, he got hurt or maybe they changed defensive co- or offensive coordinators. Maybe they his mom died that, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to really dive in as to why they had this spike in their play. And if it's something that I can't explain then I'm going to say, maybe it was just a shot in the pan. And as far as just what we're going to do specifically with our first, second, third round picks, I would love to see Jackson powers. I think that that guy is going to be like one of those players that like the, uh, 
that you just shouldn't pass up on. Like it's one of those where it's not flashy. It's not going to make any of your people cheer like crazy. Nobody's drafting his or getting his Jersey when they draft them, but it's one of those players that probably will set you up for the next five years, at least six years. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's what I want us to do. Be smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like him as a prospect too at center. You know, um, he just, to me, it looks like he's hands down going to be the best center in the draft. Now we know that may change when the combine hits. That's why I try to get, all my grades in as early as possible. So I'm not swayed by people running around in their underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to know, I want to know how they, they grade out, but I don't want my base information coming in hot like that. So um, Bucky Irvin, I found him on the list here, according to the consensus big board. All right. The consensus big board. If you guys aren't familiar with it, all the media members, a bunch of draft quote unquote experts, they all, do their big boards and it goes into this consensus database and that's how you come up with this number they've got bucky irvin running back out of oregon at 93rd pff grade this year according to my my uh, uh pff grades notice i don't go by their draft board because i think that stuff can be swayed i want to know what the grade was i don't want to know what the pff analysts think are the best prospects i want to know the grades and i'll make the judgment myself right so he graded out as the 26th best running back this year. Last year he was the 10th best running back. So he'll he'll grade out pretty good. Uh, my guess is he'll yeah he'll he'll grade out really well. He'll climb on that that spot pretty high. He'll probably be close to the top 50. But uh, I definitely don't see him as high as as most do. At least at this stage in gathering the info. Emilio, what do you got, buddy? Anything else? No, the only guy that I kind of peaked at was that Sweat um, from Texas for interior D line, but. Again, it's not like an Aaron Donald or anything like that. So we we don't know what, who they're going to go for. You know, they could be picking for this next year. They could be picking for two years down the road. We don't actually know. Goody, you know, could be setting it up, uh, you know, not looking for um, anything coming out of this next year, but two years down the line. And that's maybe why he could, you know, pick a center, run Josh next year and figure out something after that or something. You know, we have no idea, but I like Jacob's point there. Let's kind of think outside the box and think as a as a more of a GM, not a fan, and sort of see where this is heading. Um, yeah. I'm excited to dive into it. Yeah, I'm trying to find Sweat on here too because I was surprised at how far he had You had him going. down there on like the 40s, lower 40s. The lower 40s. I was thinking he might be the best defensive lineman in the draft. I was surprised. Yeah. So uh, consensus. He's one of the biggest. He's like 350 or like he's he's a he is a man. He is a full grown man. (laughs) Yeah. Consensus big board has him at 46. PFF. He was the number one graded player to the best of my knowledge on PFF. And then last year's PFF grade, he was 76. So he'll grade out really well, really Mm -hmm. well. So, uh, he may, you know, according to the consensus big board, you've got Byron Murphy ahead of him. You've got Chris Jenkins ahead of him. This is defensive lineman. Uh, Leonard Taylor the third ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all of the defensive linemen that are above them as it sits right now. you got a bunch of edge defenders, obviously, but I think that's all of the defensive linemen. So, nope, nope, here you go. Jerzon Newton out of Illinois is sitting in the number 11 spot. Now, PFF had him at 16 as far as grade and seventh as far as grade last year, he's that's going to be your best defensive lineman in this draft, interior right. defensive lineman. So where he goes, that'll be the question, right? If he somehow, some way makes it to 25, I don't expect it. But if he does, run that card to the podium, man. So, all right, that's it, guys. We're done. We've established now, all right, here's the biggest needs, according to SIS, 33rd team, and PFF. Again, 
one tight end, three offensive linemen, two D linemen, two linebackers, four corners, and four safeties. Doesn't all have to be in the draft, but that's where we'll start. So we'll put that in the database. What do you guys think about Good Morning Lambo tomorrow? I don't know who's available tomorrow, but do you want to kind of run a mock draft live tomorrow, Tim, or would you rather do something different? What do you think, man? I'm I'm down for whatever. You know me. I'm always ready to roll, man. I'm I'm good. Let's do yep. it. We may do it. Let's see if uh, if anything else drops as far as information. Um, I try not to get too deep into the draft before free agency, but at the same time, you got to get your prep work done now. I told Mandy I was coming up here to work on the draft board. She said, already? I'm like, yeah, already. <laughs> that big thing's going to have to come into the design back here again? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and she's not going to let me do it this year, so I won't have oh. a old school board, man. I'm going to miss it. But um, <laughs> well, we've educated myself, uh, ourselves on the, uh, the whole uh, – spreadsheet excel and all that so we'll use that this year and roll with it but i will try to get a laminated version or an extended laminated version i could put on my desk during the draft yeah like matt mark it up with the with the sharpie put the pen out like i know what the hell i'm talking about you know what i mean over here um the other thing too 33rd team puts out their draft board and i love it i always print a laminated version of it off too so i'll have it as a cross reference and say see how far off I am in that regard. So that being said, we're out here, guys. Really, really appreciate everybody hanging out with us. This was a lot of fun. Um, we'll be back in the morning for Good Morning Lambo. We may do a mock. Uh, if not, we'll find something else to talk about. There's going to be plenty of content moving forward, that's for sure. So appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Jacob, Milio, it's good to have you all on with us tonight, man. This is a lot of fun. So uh, for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. We ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's open. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play where we're trying to get it. A seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.